Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Wale Akinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message, that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8. We're continuing with our prayer school. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8. And this morning I'm speaking in the first service about seeking the face of God. Second service, we're going to talk about corporate prayer. The third service, we're going to talk about hearing God, how to hear God. And in our fourth service today, we're going to talk about how to pray prophetically. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name. I'm speaking on the topic, seeking the face of God in continuation of our prayer school. Seeking the face of God. What does it mean when we talk about seeking the face of God? When you hear Christians, when you hear us talk about seeking the face of God, when somebody says, I'm going to seek the face of God, I like to seek the face of God, you should go and seek the face of God. When I was seeking the face of God, what do they mean? Well, I've defined seeking the face of God to mean creating time to be with God for an appreciable or prolonged period of time alone by yourself. Let me take that again. Creating time to be with God for an appreciable or prolonged period of time alone by yourself. Keywords in that definition, creating, creating time. So you find the time. You, you find it. You're creating time to be with God. Another key word there is appreciable or prolonged. So it's an extended period of time. It's not 30 minutes or 15 minutes devotion. It's an extended period of time. Another word there is alone with God. So let's try and focus on some of these words. Are there examples of people in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament that sought God or that spent an appreciable time, as we have defined it now, or a prolonged time with God alone? So let's look at the first example. In Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. Genesis 32, verse 24, the Bible introduces us to a man called Jacob that the Bible says he was alone. And when Jacob was alone, the Bible says, and a man came and wrestled with him. Okay, but the key word there now for this at this moment is the word alone. Jacob was alone. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 2, Exodus chapter 24, verse 2, the Bible also teaches that Moses was alone. Moses was also alone with God. Moses was alone with God. Exodus 24, verse 2. Then, of course, we come into the New Testament. I will find the master himself, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior himself. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. I'm going to read that to you. Matthew 14, verse 23. This is what it says. 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening had come, he was there alone. Matthew 14, 23. And from this verse of scripture, we can see the definition, where we got the definition from of seeking the face of God. Let me read it again. Matthew 14, 23. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening had come, evening had come, he was there alone. So you can see that it was an appreciable time. It was a prolonged time. He was there alone, and he went to pray. So we've seen examples of people. If you look at Matthew 15, 29, he also tells us that Jesus departed and was on the mountain, and he sat down there. You know, also implicitly telling us that Jesus went to seek the face of God, and he was there alone. So we've come to define what it means to seek the face of God and examples of people in the Bible that sought the face of God. The question we want to ask ourselves then is, why should we seek the face of God? And when you go and spend this appreciable time or prolonged time with God, what do you do then? What do you do then? So first and foremost, let's look at why do we seek the face of God? Of what benefit is it if we seek the face of God? When should we seek the face of God? Let me give you five reasons, five reasons why Every Christian should seek the face of God. And not just people that are called to the fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Every Christian should seek the face of God. Every Christian should seek the face of God. First reason why we should all seek the face of God number one is that it is in seeking the face of God that we know his person. When you do your devotion, you know his promises. When you seek him, you know his person. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 7. Ask, you will receive. When you seek, you find. So when we seek the face of God, when we spend appreciable time with God, when we spend a prolonged time with God, what we do and what happens is that we get to know the person behind the promises. And that gives us the confidence for us to be able to stand on the promises. It is very difficult to hold on to the promises of God when you don't know the God of the promises. But when we spend time with God, we know the person that has spoken the promises. So we are able to hold on. Remember what the Bible says. It is those that know their God. Not those that know the promises of their God. But those that know their God that will be strong. And do exploits. So this is where the Bible puts it. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul the apostle says, that I may know him. Not that I may know his promises. But that I may know him. It is very critical. Paul did not say, I want to know his promises. He said, I want to know him. I want to know the person behind the promises. I started seeking the face of God way before I was ever, I ever knew. I ever personally knew that I had been called into ministry. Seeking the face of God. I started seeking the face of God in 1997. I gave my life to Christ in 1995. I started seeking the face of God. Spending appreciable, prolonged time in the presence of God in 1997. Just two years after I gave my life to Christ. And that helped me to know God. Far better. And to be able to stand on his promises. Why do we seek the face of God? 
to know his person. Number two, why do we seek the face of God? To find his purpose and plans for our lives. There's a verse of scripture that we're very familiar with, and we quote this scripture a lot. But I want, to, I want us to look at this verse of scripture today in context. And it's in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, this is what the scripture says. So usually, of course, as Christians, we're going to take this now. We're going to appropriate it. We're going to speak it into our lives. We're going to pray it. We're going to confess it. That God has a plan for your life. The plan is a good plan. And so on and so forth. And this is true. But look at it in context. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I just read. Now look at verse 12. It says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Verse 13, And you will seek me and find me. And find me. When you search for me, come and speak to me now, with all of your hearts. So you won't find that plan. You won't find that purpose. Though the purpose is good, the plan is perfect, but you and I will not find it until we go, as it says in verse 12, and pray. Then in verse 13, it clarifies. It says, and you seek me and find me. You need to find him before you find his plan. And that only happens in the place of prayer. So when you want to know God's purpose for your life, what is the purpose of God for my life? What should I do? What should I not do? It's important then that we spend an appreciable time Finding God. Seeking the face of God. Second reason why we seek the face of God. To find purpose and plans for our lives. The third reason why we seek the face of God. The third reason why it's important for every Christian to seek the face of God. Is to receive power. To receive power. Christianity is not a religion of rituals and rules. Christianity is a relationship with God of heaven the creator of heaven and the earth. And this relationship, by default, if it's a dynamic, ongoing relationship, leads to power. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of power. It is not of words only. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 5, Paul the apostle says, when our words came to you, they did not come in word only. Sorry, when the gospel came to you, he did not come in word only, but he came in power. He came in assurance and the Holy Spirit. Power. Jesus Christ says in Matthew twenty two twenty nine, 29, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. It means that error, serious mistakes, one translation says you have mistaken. Another one says you have strayed from the straight line. As long as we don't know the scripture and the power of God, not all the power of God. A combination of the two is what keeps us straight. So it is in the seeking of God that we receive power. The book of Psalms, chapter 63, Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2, look at what it says. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul tests for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and testy land where there is no water. Now look at verse 2. So, I have looked for you. I have looked for you in the sanctuary and to see your power and your glory. So, when we early will I seek thee, when we begin to seek God, we're looking for him. We're not looking for the power. I have looked for you. When we look for him, not, we're not looking for the power, but when we look for him, like I said, by default, you leave the place with power. 
So we receive power. Why do we need to seek the face of God? To know his person, to find his purpose and plans for our lives, to receive his power. Number four, why do we need to seek the face of God? For solutions to long-standing and intractable problems. Sometimes we go to some challenges that will not answer to regular devotional prayers. We need to seek the face of God. Particularly if it's a long-standing issue. Friends, let me say this to you. Laying of hands and so on and so forth. Other people praying for you. They're great. There is a key major part for that in the New Testament church. We have to continue to do that. However, you also have to understand that there is a key part of your life, of your own work with God, that will require you to seek the face of God concerning certain things in your life. You need to. You need to. Number five, quickly. I'm going to spend more time on this one. Number five, why do we need to seek the face of God? For answers to perplexing questions of life. Sometimes we, we, we're perplexed by certain things in life and we want answers to them. So we seek the face of God to find answers to these perplexing issues of life. Example, a woman called Rebecca in Genesis 25, verse 21 to 24. Genesis chapter number 25, verse 21 to 24. The Bible tells us that in Genesis 25, 21, the Bible tells us that the husband of Rebekah, called Isaac, pleaded with the Lord with, for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. This is a very interesting story. He goes from verse 21 to 24 that, that I want to, you to pay attention to. What I want you to pay attention to first and foremost is that the first person the Bible introduces us to in this verse that prayed was Isaac. And what Isaac prayed about was that his wife should conceive. And his wife conceived and his prayer was answered. And Isaac stopped praying. Then Rebekah took it up. And the Bible says that in verse 22, the children struggled within her. And she said to herself, if all is well with me, why am I like this? And the next sentence says, she went to inquire of the Lord. Isaac prayed and he left it there. When Rebekah felt uncomfortable, she thought, I need to go and seek the face of God. And when she went to seek the face of God, look at what God told her. God said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And the older one shall serve the younger one. This was a key level of insight she got that nobody up to this point in scripture has ever gotten an insight like this. That what was in her womb were not two children, but they were two nations. And that the older one will serve the younger one. And by the time you get to verse 28, the Bible says Isaac loved Esau, who was the older one, but Rebekah loved Jacob. It's very clear that Rebekah only loved Jacob because of what she heard. The Bible tells us the reason why Isaac loved Esau in verse 28. The Bible says, and Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. He ate the meat. He loved him because of what he saw naturally. But Rebekah loved him because of what he heard spiritually. When you begin to seek the face of God, you incline your life, you, you take decisions that are based on what you have heard spiritually. 
You align yourself with people that people are wondering, why are you aligning yourself with them? But you have heard something spiritually about them, that they have a colorful future. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> For answers to perplexing questions. You look at your family. Nobody's married in your family. You look at all your family. Your mother's sister is not married. Your mother was never married. And all her sisters are not married. Here you are also. You've reached that particular age. You need to seek the face of God. Why is this happening? David in 2 Samuel chapter 21. The Bible says there was a famine in the land year after year. It was for about three years. David was anointed. As a matter of fact, he was anointed three times. But there was a famine in the land. He had done everything he could do. But this particular famine was just not, was not going away. So he went to inquire of the Lord. What is going on? What did God tell him? God told him that the reason why you're having the famine is not because of what you have done. It's because of what your predecessor called Saul did. There was a covenant that Joshua had entered with the Gibeonites. And here came Saul out of his over-aggressiveness and he went beyond the boundaries of the covenant and scripture and he killed them. And the Bible says as a result of that, there was famine in the land. So David went and inquired, and God told him he would never have found an answer to it. He would have been trying to solve this problem by using the same old means that other people used to solve other famines that he saw in scripture. There was a famine in the days of Abraham. Abraham was able to solve it. There was a famine in the days of Isaac. Isaac sold in the land. So David would have used that and tried to sow in the land. There was a famine in the days of Jacob. There was a famine. All throughout scripture, you see famines after famines after famines, famines in the days of Joseph. But here, there was another famine in the days of David. David said, no, this particular famine is not answering to the regular way famine, uh, the regular um, solutions we proffer to famine. We need to seek the face of God. If you are here and something has been so, it's been ongoing, ongoing, ongoing in your whole family, it's time to seek the face of the Almighty God. Practical guidelines to seeking the face of God. Practical guidelines to seeking the face of God. Five things I want to say to you quickly. Practical guidelines to seeking the face of God. Number one, when you want to go seek the face of God, Take care of all your routine developments before you start. Perhaps I should let you know that seeking the face of God could be half a day, it could be a whole day, and it could be days. Okay? It could be half a day, it could be full day, and so on and so forth. I'll talk about that um, later on. But please take care of all of your routine engagements before you start. So you know what your day normally looks like. Prepare, hand over everything before you go to seek the face of God. If you are the one that have to pick up the children from school, you have to do this. Then make up your mind, what are you going to do? So you pick up the children, practically speaking, you take the children to school at, um, say, for example, by 8.30 you drop them in school. You won't have to go and pick them up on the 3.30. And here you are, you stay at home, and you want to seek the face of God. You don't want to just do your regular de- devotion. But between that 8.30 and Three, between that 9 o'clock when you get back home, you've drawn the children at 8.30, and the 3 o'clock that you leave your house to go pick them up again, you have between that and 3, that's 6 hours. Usually, you will do a lot of things. You will do some chores. You will uh, perhaps, let's say, take the laundry downstairs, watch some plates, and take the garbage out, and so on and so forth, answer some phone calls, do some runs, prepare some food, whatever. Now, I'm speaking about people that are very busy at home now. On that particular day that you've decided that today, 
I want to speak, seek the face of God. Perhaps you start by, are the children, can we put the children in after school today for an, an extra two hours? If you cannot afford that, then you make sure that all the other routine things you do, the laundry, the this and that, you take care of them. If you're a very busy woman, busy man out there at work, you take the day off. That's the first place it starts. Or you want to do it on a Saturday, that's fine. If you want to do it on a Saturday, then you make sure that you shut down on that particular day. So you take care of the routine engagements. When do you do that? Before you start. Number two, decide what your prolonged or appreciable time will be. Don't say, I want to go and seek the face of God and let's see how long I can stay. No, you don't do it that way. If you want to go seek the face of God, you start by saying, I'm going to spend half a day. I'm going to spend the full day or I'm going to spend two days or three days or whatever you can spend depending on your level. But if you want to just start, this is the first time you will ever do it. I will encourage you to start with half a day. Just do half a day. If you can do nine to five, just like you go to work. When I started out in 1997, I started out with a whole day. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's how I did it. I did 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. just like I'm going to work. I wake up in the morning, have my shower, get up, dress up, just like I'm going to work. And I go into the room and lock myself in the room. It's busy. I'm having a meeting with God. That was my attitude. Half a day. Half a day. The work day. Okay? Number three, set clear boundaries before you start. Clear boundaries before you start. You must set clear boundaries before you start. Clear boundaries in the sense that you, have, you know exactly what you're going there to do. This is what I want to go there and pray about. So I'm not going to start now and I will start dealing with emergencies. Set clear boundaries. If something happens that I need to be reached, this is how I can be reached. These are the only reasons why I can be reached for this and so on and so forth. If you're married... I'll talk to you about that in a few minutes. You are dealing with children. I'll talk to you about that in a few minutes. What do you have to do? But set clear boundaries. Very clear boundaries before you go in. If not, be rest assured. Distraction will pull you out of that place. So set clear boundaries. Number four, if you are married and you're going to spend more than a day to seek the face of God, if you're going to spend only a 24-hour period, say you're going to start from 7 a.m. in the morning to 7 a.m. the following morning, that's 24 hours, then you might not necessarily need this, depending on the level of your relationship, however. But if you're going to spend more than one day, listen to me, please. It took me a while to understand this, but I understand it very clearly now. If you're going to spend more than a day and you're married, you must create a window of communication with your spouse. So you're going to spend, say, for example, Friday, and you're going to come out on Sunday morning to come to church. You want to start on Friday after work. You can't leave your wife like that or from Friday evening, you've not seen her, from Friday morning when you went to work. Then you check in the hotel in the evening. Then you won't come out until Sunday. She knows you've gone to seek the face of God. But let me say this to you. By the time you get back home, you will need to go back and seek that God. (laughs) Because she's going to create developments that will require you to go back there. Women cannot handle that. So what you need to do is that when you're creating your plan, you have to create slots and say, I'm going to start at 7 p.m. on on Friday. As I start on 7 p.m. on Friday, by 11 p.m., I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to call. 
between 11 and 11.45. You talk to the, your wife or your husband, as the case might be. Saturday, twice, maybe at 1 p.m. and at 7 p.m. 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Just to catch up on updates. Just by hearing your voice, by the time you come back, she is fine. And your prayers will have been answered too. <laughs> Does that sound good to you? Very practical. Very practical. It's very helpful. Number five. Before you get into the room and you start praying, have a plan, a very clear plan. What you're going to do per hour. Make it, create it in hourly slots. Don't make it 30 minute slots. Why do I say that? This is just a practical guideline. It's not a hard and fast rule. It's a practical guideline. Um, because Jesus Christ said, for example, can you not tell me between for one hour? And hours are just, you know, we, we measure everything in hours. Our work hours, our work, you know. So it's easier for our minds to be tuned to hours. So create a plan. I'm going to start 9 a.m. in the morning. 9 to 10, you're doing something. 10 to 11, you're doing something. 11 to 12, there is something you're doing. You know, 12 to 1, there is something you're doing. Create hourly slots. Hourly slots. Have a clear plan before you start. No plane is allowed to take off in most countries without a flight plan. Have a plan. Don't go in there without a plan. Then, so that begs the question. So when I get in there, pastor, you've given us all these practical guidelines, what do I do inside the place? Seven things you will do when you get in there. When we talk about seeking the face of God. These are all very simple things you already know. But it comes within the context of seeking the face of God. So when you hear that somebody's gone into a room, have gone to seek the face of God, these are the things they do. This is what they do. Are you ready? Number one, praise, worship, and thanksgiving. Praise, worship, and thanksgiving. That's one of the first key things they do. So if we're doing hourly slots, we can say 9 to 10, we're going to do praise and worship and thanksgiving. You're just going to be praising God, you're going to worship God, you're going to thank God, that's all you're doing between 9 and 10. Okay? The second thing you do is intercession. Intercession. We've spoken a lot about that when, uh, you know, in this prayer school. Intercession. But before you go into the place, have clear plan of what you want to intercede about. You already know we have a plan. The 6 plus 1 plan. You remember? How we pray. You pray for the nation. You pray for the nation, the city, the state, or what have you. You know, nation, city, state, or province. When you've done that, you pray for your local church. Do you remember? You pray for your local church. After that, you pray for a friend or a family, somebody that has a need. Then after that, number four, you pray for a spiritual need. Your own personal spiritual need. Then number five, you pray for your personal physical needs, material needs. And number six, warfare. So you can do this intercession, but before you go in there, determine which friend you're going to pray for, determine which family member you want to pray for, and so on and so forth. Know what you want to intercede about. Number three is supplication. So you can say 9 to 10, praise and worship. 10 to 11, intercession. 11 to 12, supplication. Now supplication, as you've heard in this prayer school, is heartfelt prayer. So supplication is when you're going to take that particular issue for that one hour, and you're going to take it to the Almighty God. You're going to say, this is you. And you have gathered scriptures. So you have a plan. You've gathered scriptures, you know, concerning that issue. And you're going to take scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And you're going to lay out your case. And you're going to pray and pray and pray and pray about it. 
That is supplication. Number four, what do you do? Bible study. Bible study. This is not Bible reading. This is Bible study. So it means by default then that you must have a journal or a, a notebook and you must have a pen. So you sit down there with your journal and your notebook and you say to yourself, this is a Bible study. And I will encourage you to study in line with what you have gone to seek the face of God for. So you've gone to seek the face of God for, for, for marriage. Then study about marriage or relationships. You've got to seek the face of God concerning finances. You're facing challenges with your finances. This is the same thing that happened to your dad and your uncle and your grandfather and your siblings. Then, if it's about finances, then you've got to go into the Bible. Look for stories in the Bible that has to do with finances. 1 Kings chapter 17, 2 Kings chapter 4, you know, Luke chapter 5. Stories like that. Take five or four of them and say to yourself, I'm going to study these stories. So you're going to take them. You're going to read the stories. You're going to look at different translations of the Bible. Are you following? You're going to look at different translations of the Bible and so on and so forth. That is, you're seeking the face of God. You're seeking the face of God. Bible study. Not Bible reading, but what? Bible study. Number five, what do we do? You listen to messages. Take messages with you. Very important. Particularly when we get to the next teaching when we're going to talk about hearing God. This is a very critical part. So you say, let's go back again to, you're dealing with a health issue. You're going to take messages on healing and health, two or three, depending on how long you want to spend. If you're going to spend half a day, don't take more than one message, just one hour message. Take a message that's just for one hour. Because you're not going there just to listen to messages only. If you're going to spend a whole day, practical guideline, practical guideline, take two messages. If you're going to spend, so it's like, one message per half day. Two messages per day. Do you, does it make sense to you? So, you? so you can spend two hours. Two hours of listening to messages. You listen to the message. Hmm, you hear the message. This is good. This is good. He builds your faith because everything you will ever need, God will not tell you directly. He will tell you some of it through other people. You must be humble enough to listen to what other people are saying. So you take a message that is topical to the issue you've gone there for. Number six... Take relevant books. If you're going to do with healing, not only do you take a message, take a relevant book on healing. F.F. Boswat, Christ the Healer. Take a book like that. You sit down with that book. Remember, one hour slots. One hour slot. So maybe 2 to 3 p.m. is the one hour slot when you're going to read that book. You're going to go into the book. You're going to read the book. Somebody's thinking in their mind, Pastor, this sounds like hard work. <laughs> That is why it brings, brings out tremendous productivity. Number one, praise and worship. Number two, intercession. Number three, supplication. Number four, Bible study. Number five, and number six, relevant books. Relevant books. And number seven, you will like this one. Number seven is rest. Rest. That's what you do there. Nobody in this world has the capacity to stand on their feet, except by divine supernatural means. Stand on their feet like this and pray straight for 24 straight hours without leaving that spot. It's not, it's not medically possible. So when you hear that people say, I went to seek the face of God for seven days, it doesn't mean they're not resting. I was in a 24-hour vision. It doesn't mean they did not sleep. 
I have been in this, I've been there. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I know of great, very great men of God that I have been their security officers and stood by the door when they went in to pray. There were times when I did not hear them praying. Of course, they were sleeping. <laughs> Jesus slept. So in your plan, so that you don't feel guilty, you know, so that you don't start feeling, ah, you know, ah, now I'm tired, I'm about to sleep, I don't know, this seeking the face of God is so tough. No, 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 no. So you already put sleep in the plan. Does, this make, does it make sense to you? Do you know that when pilots are going on a on transatlantic journey, sleep is part of the flight plan? Because there are going to be four of them that can, that can fly the plane, and they take turns to sleep. So you, you've already gone from nine to one, you've already gone, from nine to one, four straight hours of praise and worship, intercession, perhaps Bible study, perhaps listen to a message. At between one and two, take a break. Take a break. Nap. If you don't, if you're the type of person that cannot nap, take a break. Just laze around. Do whatever you want to do. Relax your mind. Think. Walk around if you don't want to nap. For somebody like me, it's very easy for me to nap. Once I place my head on the pillow, it gives it his beloved sleep. I'm gone. I wake up 15 minutes before. Get yourself ready. By 2 p.m., you start again. When you come out at 5 p.m., this is half a day now. When you come out at 5 p.m., you are refreshed. And you're happy with yourself. You've accomplished something. You've read the Bible. You studied the Bible, rather. You've listened to a message. You have supplicated. You have interceded. You have praised God. You've read a book. You've gone on and on and on. You, if I, as a matter of fact, when you've done it properly like that, when you come out of the place, the next thing you'll be looking for is the next time you will go again. That's how it works. I pray for you that in the name of Jesus Christ, that over the next couple of one month or two months, you will be able to seek the face of God. Yeah. And as you seek the face of God, things will become clear to you. Yeah. The questions of your life you have been asking God, you've not found answers to. In the name of Jesus that is above every name, as you go out to seek the face of God, you will, you will be able to find clear answers. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3 says, call upon me and I will answer. Today I pray for you. As you go to seek the face of God, may you find him in Jesus' name. May you find clear answers in Jesus' name. Jacob sought God. He was afraid of Esau. The Bible makes us understand that a man wrestled with him and changed his name from Jacob. That's how he got his destiny and entered into Israel. The realm of Jacob moved into the realm of Israel. I pray for you today. Whatever God needs to bring about, to change, to bring about change in your life, as you go to seek the face of God, may he give it to you in Jesus' name. May he grant you the change in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus went to seek the face of God. The Bible says he returned in power. As you seek the face of God, may you return in power. In the name of Jesus Christ, as you go seek the face of the almighty God, may long-standing problems give way in Jesus' name. You will not be put to shame. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Grace and strength. Empowerment from above. That will enable you to seek the face of God effectively. Receive it this morning in Jesus mighty name. Receive it this morning in the name of Jesus. Receive strength. Supernatural strength. To enable you to seek the face of God in Jesus name. For everybody joining us across the world, watching from home, I speak into your life also. May you be able to receive the strength in Jesus' mighty name. You will not be weak. You will be strengthened in Jesus' mighty name. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. 
For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.